Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast World Cup Daily. Day 17 of World Cup 2018 is done. Brian Strauss and I will be talking about that as part of our podcast coming to you daily from Russia through July 16th. Just a small request, it would be a huge help if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. In this episode, I'm also joined by Maria Kamanaya of Fox Sports, who's one of my favorite people at this World Cup. She'll talk about the Russian team ahead of Russia-Spain, and she also has a great story to tell about her own career path. Onward! Okay, let's bring in Brian Strauss from his Moscow lair. Uh, I am in my usual spot. If you saw Alexi Lalas's Twitter feed on the scaffolding uh, overlooking loud motorcycle drivers in Red Square. How are you, Brian? I'm okay. I kind of miss coming out there. I miss our wall, but you know, <laughs> I know I know there've been there've been logistical uh, hurdles um, over the past few days uh, that we don't need to talk about. Um, <laughs> But I'm a lot more comfortable. I do miss you, but I'm more comfortable. And and I uh, I watched two uh, really good games on my um, courtyard Marriott television. Yeah, today. yeah. I mean, like, so Lionel Messi is out. Cristiano Ronaldo is out. And to be honest, they deserve to be out. They were beaten by better teams: uh, France four, Argentina three, um, Uruguay two, Portugal one, and. Uh, this was a pretty clear case to me of uh, team beats superstar. I'm ru- uh, you're ruining my column, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm writing, I'm writing a column on this very topic that I've been assigned to write. But this um, is on a different platform, so we're okay. It is. That's true. That's true. Not everyone um, likes to read words. I I, <laughs> I don't really like writing words, to be honest. And I don't know how I fell into this job. Um, just, yes, uh, big names on 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 flawed teams. Um, you know how many how many men on Argentina uh, would start for France? Right. Right. Messi and maybe Deschamps would would kind of like take Aguero because. Sam Paoli didn't really seem to want to use him that much anyway. Um, but otherwise, I mean, France, a far superior team, and, 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 and surprised they, they, they yielded three goals today, um, to be right. honest. Um, but obviously the whole world will be talking about Kylian uh, Mbappe and, and just what a performance that was. Um, and then Uruguay, yeah, I mean, just, just down the spine, so good. Um, you know, the, the Pepe header uh, uh, sort of was the first goal they gave up in this tournament. But, um, you know, Ronaldo and Messi shut out. Ronaldo and Messi, uh, neither of them have ever scored a, a goal in a World Cup knockout round game. So I guess they're just both big chokers. <laughs> and, um, big joke, everyone. <sighs> and, uh, and, the, and the right teams won. And France and Uruguay will meet in the quarterfinal uh, in Nizhny. A game that I can't wait for, actually. And I think Uruguay has a good shot to win. In fact, I predicted Uruguay to beat France. Uh, before the tournament in the quarterfinal. But part of that's because the France that we saw today, when they are going, I really do believe they have the highest ceiling of any team in the tournament. When they are clicking, they click better than anybody yeah. and else. That's why I, and that's why I picked them to win the World Cup. And, and, and up until today, they've just been just turgid and, and, and dull. And, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe they needed someone to come at them a little bit, you know? I mean, maybe it, you needed... You needed a little bit more flow to a game um, um, for, for, to see France at their best. Um, and obviously there'll be things about today they want to correct. 
but certainly the most lively we've seen them, the most enterprising we've seen them, um, and and that was kind of what I was hoping for, uh, kind of pick them to win the whole thing. I mean, if I were France early in the second half when you're down two to one suddenly, I think my reaction would have been, I can't believe I'm losing this game. <laughs> you know, because they were terrific in the first half, and then Di Maria gets the equalizer simply because great shot for one and two nobody from France seemed to want to defend him yeah well that's 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 how players like Messi make an impact even when they're not scoring goals right because every defender on the field's got one eye on Messi and that and and you know what and but you also say you know what if a guy can hit a 30-yard shot into the corner you know bless him um <laughs> and but yes they'll they'll, they'll have want to have done a better job closing that down but that was also a, a an incredible strike um, topped only by the 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 law of physics <laughs> bashing, defying, <laughs> mocking um, goal by Benjamin Pavard, who is not a player I had even heard of before the World <laughs> Cup. Um, I still like. How have you slowed that down? You you've got like all the Fox. You're on the the the, the Starship Enterprise bridge there. Like slow that down to like like a, a, a ball rotation a second and figure out how the hell he did that. What an amazing shot that was. Goal of the tournament, easily for me. Just remarkable. It was kind of a mix of Nacho's goal for Spain in the first yes. game and Ericsson's goal for Denmark, where it was like uh, a slice backhand on a tennis court. It was kind of a slice. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, uh, so, but France's response, you know, we've all been sort of, even though, and like I said, even though I picked them, I've also written about and even sort of joked a little bit about, you know, yeah, but they could all just decide they hate each other or go on strike. You know, like like there's always something there's always something about this team or there's a there's a nervousness about this team that they don't have the intangibles that France doesn't bring the the mental steel the shit that Uruguay always brings right, right. that it just some countries have this and some teams have this and cult, football and cultures have this and some don't. Um, and their response, like exactly what you said, right? How the hell are we losing this game? Their response in that moment was wonderful. And, uh, and it was that response that carried them to the, to the deserved win. I'm always impressed with teams that concede a goal and then very quickly strike back. And that was what we saw tonight from Uruguay when Portugal really did turn the momentum early in the second half, got the equalizer. Yeah, that goal came from pressure. They had, they had, they had some sustained pressure. So it didn't come out of nothing. Right. And then very quickly, Cavani set things straight. Just a terrific finish. I like, well, you know, you always sort of, you know, you're taught, you know, get, 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 get defensive lines moving side to side. Get it back four moving side to side. You know, when you get them, when you're switching the point of attack um, and they're worried about lateral movement as well as depth, you got them. And on both goals Cavani scored, it was quick lateral passes um, that set him up that got the, the, the Portuguese defense out of position. And obviously, I mean, phenomenal finishes. That takes nothing away from the finishes. But he was also open, you know, and, right. and it's because uh, uh, the speed and precision and range over which Uruguay can switch the point of attack. You've talked a couple times in this tournament about the lack of, for, of, of, of true forward pairings and about how in, in sort of modern football, especially national team football, and how we're seeing that with Suarez and Cavani, neighbors who you know who grew up in the same town as you've written about, same age, 
um, and they just have this understanding, and we saw it again, and it, it's awesome. It's just awesome to watch, and it's very, very hard to defend. It is interesting. I went back to my 2014 SI story on Suarez and posted it again tonight, and I had forgotten how crazy the situation was, was that Suarez and Cavani were born 21 days apart in the same small city of 100,000 in Uruguay called Salto that isn't even like the capital of Uruguay. It's kind of a random, you know, fairly remote city. And Suarez told me they didn't actually meet each other for the first time until they were 20 years old, which is pretty crazy when you look at two of the best forwards in world soccer over the last five years. The best part about the fact that it is a city in Uruguay with uh, a little over 100,000 people is that it is the second most popular city in Uruguay. <laughs> True. That is incredible. This is a country, this country, I mean, it's not Iceland, right? It's not Iceland, but but they they go deep into World Cups. They've won World Cups. They've won they, World Cups. They've won Copa's America recently, 2011, maybe? I don't know, look it up and tell me I'm full of crap. But but they, they uh, we've both been there, right? It, it's, yeah. It's the... It's a pastoral, uh, you know, kind of quiet, especially compared to Buenos Aires. It's just this very kind of sparsely populated, chill place. And they just crank out on a, on a per capita, per acre basis, like insanely good players. This is where I also put in uh, a pitch for their tourism in Uruguay. Go to Uruguay if you want to go to a cool place. We went to Jose Ignacio for several days a few years ago, uh, just north of Punta del Este, in December, wonderful, chill place, uh, great food, great beef, uh, Uruguayan wine I had not tried until I went there. And we went to this place an hour away as a Francis Malman rest- restaurant in one of the most random parts of Uruguay you could imagine, this tiny town, one of the best dining experiences ever. So go to Uruguay. I went to, uh, I, was with, I was in Colonia with a friend of mine, and um, we... Uh, I would I would say his name, but he would be embarrassed. Um, and we found a lighthouse. Uh, it's just, Colonia is a beautiful sort of like, like whitewashed colonial town on the river, and it's it's really neat to walk around. And uh, we climbed up the. It was just like a lighthouse in the on the street in public, and we walked into it, and there you know no one there. We climbed the steps to the top, and it was like a dude's bedroom. <laughs> The guy, the guy just full on was like hanging out in the lighthouse and living there and did not shoot us. Was like very, I mean, didn't like ask us to stay for dinner, but was was very cool about the fact that these like two random gringos just walked into his into his bedroom. Um, it's very chill. Um, I went to see a Nacional game there uh, at Parque de Central, which is of course where the U.S. Uh, uh, played at, at the 1930 World Cup, and. Um, this is an incredible tangent, and I apologize, but it is a it is a cool place and a good team. I still think France is going to win that game. I just think they have an overpowering amount of talent, um, and uh, I don't think they're really going to be tested until they get to the semi and have to face either Belgium or, or Brazil, would be my guess. Um, but uh, des- deserved winners today. Um, they did a very good job with Messi. Um, I don't know what Sampaoli's pa- plan for Messi was today, sort of playing him in the middle of a, a, a top of 4-3-3. Um, obviously to, to retreat a little deep as a false nine and try to set things up, but it, it's easy to mark him that way. Um, France did a good job with the two defensive midfielders, and um, he's out, maybe maybe never to play uh, for the national team again. I wonder if he'll be back next summer 
uh, for the Copa America. I found it interesting, though, that Messi did not announce his retirement from the national team immediately after the game, as he did in 2016 after the Copa America final. So at least it suggests that he's in a bit more of a contemplative mode and not just raging at the world. Yeah, well, in the in the I mean, I wasn't in the stadium. You weren't in the stadium, but in the in the footage I saw, I mean, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't crying. He didn't do the armband uh, sort of toss. By the way, I, I I know Pogba is not a defensive midfielder. He's he's a box to box number eight guy, but obviously he's there to recover and help marking Messi. So again, please send your correction somewhere else. Um, By the way, but, did uh, I tell you that I angered the entirety of Uruguay today? We just got done talking about how lovely it was. What'd you do? I love Uruguay. I love their team. But I tweeted something saying that I thought the four stars on their badge, on their shirt, were misleading because... We've talked about this. I, I know. You... Okay. I got killed on Twitter by a number of people uh, as an American who knows nothing about soccer. I know plenty of... There you of... go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me again, not knowing anything. Uh, I just think it's lame. Uh, and I don't actually even care if... Uh, FIFA has recognized officially that those are world championships, those Olympic titles before the World Cup existed. Uh, I think it creates the impression that Uruguay has won four World Cups, which, as you and I know, they have not. They have not. I suppose, hmm, I, I suppose there's a, it only bothers me on an OCD level, you know? Like, I want everybody <laughs> to be the same. Like, I, like it, like, there are, every, every country has different, like, MLS's star system is kind of ludicrous at this point. Germany's is really ludicrous. You should look up how Germany does the stars right. on their on their on their jersey on the the Bundesliga uh, yeah. team, not obviously not the national team. So, like on an OCD level, it bothers me a little bit, but I guess beyond that, it, it doesn't. Um, but uh, which other countries? Really, which other countries have stars on their shirt for non World Cup victories? Oh, I I mean I've seen Egypt play with seven for their Nations <laughs> Cup titles. Um, <laughs> there are there are other countries that have put stars on their shirts for continental titles. Yeah. Um, so the and 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 it's interesting. Some countries split men and women, right? Like the Brazilian women wear five stars on their shirt. Yeah. And for Brazil, the five stars are actually part of the, the the national team crest. Whereas for other countries, it's different. But it's funny. It's funny how like you tweet something and it's just an opinion, and <laughs> and whether it's a good opinion or not, like you know, maybe it just people get so angry. A lot like, of anger out there these days. You, you're right, but it's like you tweeting that out doesn't mean that they've got to go like snip, like take a pair of scissors and cut the stars out of their shirt. It's just your opinion. Jeez. I think what I'll do is Never I'll tweet. buy I'll buy an Uruguay shirt and actually cut two stars out of it and post a picture of me wearing it on Twitter. That should be like when you were Vincent Tan for Halloween. <laughs> you, you should be a you should be a, a two-time world champion Uruguayan soccer player for Halloween next year. It just cut a big fat hole in the chest of that, and then you give everyone a, a Maradona middle finger, and that's your contest. That's your that's your costume. Oh, I gotta go tape a show, but uh, thanks as always for providing some levity in my day i look forward to these conversations and i hope at least one or two listeners out there do as well yeah um have a good show i'm gonna finish my column that you ruined and um <laughs> then i'm gonna go to bed and then tomorrow man tomorrow russia spain i'm fired up i'm awesome. gonna go go cover around a 16 game with the host and a world cup favorite um and it'll be cool so i'll talk to you uh, tomorrow talk to you tomorrow man Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. 
SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code GRANT today. That's promo code GRANT for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Big thanks to Brian Strauss. Next up is my interview with Maria Kamanaya, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Kamanaya, spelled K-O-M-A-N-D-N-A-Y-A. Let's bring in our interview guest for the day. Her name is Maria Kamanaya. She is working here for Fox Sports during the World Cup, and it's been wonderful to get to know you during the tournament. Maria, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm really enjoying being here. It's a great honor and it's a great pleasure for me because actually I'm a big fan of yours. Big, you. big, big, maybe the biggest, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that you have two, two, two dogs, maybe they are the biggest, but then me. Well, I'm a fan of yours as well. Uh, Thankfully, we got to meet in New York uh, and watch some Champions League uh, about a month and a half ago. Yeah. And you said at the time, I can't wait for you to come to Moscow, my city, and see what it is like. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear that because oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And the food is so great. And the people, they are so like open hearted, you know. And I hope that you noticed all of that. Yeah. Yeah. People have been very friendly. Um, I think they realized that the world the world is here as yeah, well, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. that's been uh, a really good thing. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, not all of our uh, citizens have uh, this foreign passport, you know, mm -hmm. when you can travel all around the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great opportunity. It's a great chance for a lot of Russian people to see people, you know, from Peru, from Mexico, from Brazil. And I think that that is a good method, you know, mm -hmm. to open the world yeah. and to open your heart to the world because there is not like, there is no borders now mm. in, in, in Moscow, in Russia. It's nice. I, I always love World Cups and Olympics for that reason, because yeah. I think when people get a chance to interact with people from other countries that maybe they haven't met before, that that is always a good thing. Yeah, and you can see that the world is so big. The world is so different. But if you smile, like, there is no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots I want to talk about here. Uh, Russia is playing against Spain in the round of 16. Mm -hmm, that's true. That's so true. And this is a team you know very well, Russia. Uh, 
the game will be here in Moscow in Luzhinka Stadium with lots of Russian fans, I presume. How are you feeling about Russia's chances? Do you want me to tell you a secret? Yes. So uh, before the game against Uruguay, I spoke to a bunch of Russian football players and actually they told me that they preferred to play in Sachi. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because in Luzhniki, you know, uh, football is like uh, the most, like, like it's a trend. It's the latest trend. Yeah. You know, to go to Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow, maybe you notice that we have like a lot of hipsters in the streets <laughs> and everybody's trying to be so trendy. So now uh, everybody wants to, this, to go to the stadium to uh -huh. see, you know, the World Cup's game and to enjoy that and to post selfie yeah. and all of this stuff. Yeah, so uh, we at the stadiums in Moscow, we have a lot of people who, like, they don't care about the football as much as we do, yeah? Okay. And, for example, in Sochi, mm -hmm. yeah, there are a lot of, like, true fans, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, the fans who follow the team, the fans who love the team, and the fans who don't do selfies during the game. Okay. So that is why they told me that maybe it would be better to play in Sochi. Huh. But Luzhniki, I don't know, like 75,000 people, yeah? yeah? And everybody will cheer for the Russian national team, so I think that they are going to enjoy that because uh, we played one game in Luzhniki, like Russian national team opening match, yeah. and oh, it's been it was so crazy mm -hmm. at the stands. It was so crazy. So I think that uh, it will help our team a lot. Actually, today uh, there is uh, an official statement. Okay. Uh, it's uh, on uh, like the official website of the Russian National Union. We call it like that. And everybody, like we have like five or I think that four or five Russian players who ask fans you know to support them okay. like be on our side and i think that this game should be like a synergy yeah. fans and uh players uh sorry i'm i, I know i talk too much no so, you're great so don't uh don't be like interrupt me interrupt me <laughs> uh whenever you want so <laughs> yeah, yeah in other case i will talk 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 and talk uh i, I wanted to tell you one thing more and i forgot about it that's okay yeah i will, um, I will remember in terms of playing against spain these teams played each other not that yeah, long ago in november right? in november and what was the score uh free free okay so there probably won't be any fear on the part of the Russian team about playing Spain, right? No, no, no. I just, uh, I've just spoken with one of the Russian football players, and he told me that it was, you know, such a nice coincidence because actually, n not, not a lot changed from November in uh, Spanish national team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the coach. The yeah, coach, he, yeah, he, but it's still he, the same players. Yeah, it's still the same team actually. So. Uh, it's it's a very good thing that they know the team very well. And actually, I remembered what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. So there is a big story about fans and um, about players in mm -hmm. Russia. And before the World Cup, our great producer from Fox Sports, uh, Sho Brown, mm -hmm. you know him very well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he uh, made he did so many interviews with the players uh, who. Uh, who are playing at the World Cup, and uh, we we did an interview with Denis Glushakov. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he's not in the team, and I'm very upset about it, but he's so great. He plays for Spartak Moscow, mm -hmm. and he is a very nice Russian guy. For example, uh, he's from a small town 
uh, and un- under Yaroslavl, I think mm. uh, this town. It's even a village. It's called Millerova, okay. and he built a stadium for the kids huh. on his own money. Oh wow! You know, yeah, he's he sponsored. You know the That's cool. yeah 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 the this whole stadium. So he's a very nice guy, and he you know he loves uh, he loves football, and he he wants to be like he doesn't want to be. He is. A, re- a really nice guy so uh we had a talk we we chat we had a chat with him before the world cup and he was like you know it do- it didn't matter it, w- it, did- it doesn't matter for us you know it doesn't matter for france how do we play because they don't like us <laughs> like what like whatever we play and we will and we were like what and he was like, yes. And, you know, Shaw, he was so, uh, so surprised yeah. hearing that. And I was not at all. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, we had so much disappointment yeah. about our team before the World Cup. Because uh, we couldn't, our team couldn't win seven for games seven games win, right? in a row. Yeah. And I remember at the... Uh, at the big seminar that we had on Fox before the World Cup, uh, one of our researcher, yeah, the head of research research and department, he said that it's uh, the new anti or anti record. How to pronounce this correctly? Uh, or you don't say this. New record. No, no, anti or anti record. Oh, like a negative record? Like a negative record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a new, like, negative record for the whole, like, f- for Russian football. Yeah. And I was like, not exactly. <laughs> because, actually, before the revolution, yeah. uh, I think in 19... 19- 16 okay. we had we had oh, this. longer than seven. Oh yeah i think the same i think the same so it was more like 100 years ago okay yeah so uh like and not not a lot of fans uh kept on following the team because okay. of that and you know after the uh, after the European Championship in 2016 and after right. the uh, World Cup uh, in 2014, you know, people were so disappointed and they didn't believe uh, in the team at all. Mm-hmm. But after the game against Saudi Arabia, like everything just changed in a second. And it was such a good, you know, feeling for the whole country. And then a game against Egypt, it's, it was like a yeah. national holiday. And Uruguay... But the thing is, during the game against Uruguay, after the game against Uruguay, everything changed again. So now the whole reaction is like, they can't play football. But your best player wasn't playing in that game. Uh, yes, yes, but nobody cares, actually. <laughs> and like, uh, they, they don't know how to play. They are so bad. They are the worst <laughs> players in the world. And actually, our, our, our players, they do. Uh, they, they don't... They don't you know they want the fans so much to support them yeah. and yeah they are they're very happy with that actually i mean that's a tough crowd if like six points and mexico is probably going through the same thing they got six points in yeah. the first two games and their fans are really upset because they lost the third game but i don't know i think you have to look at russia making the knockout rounds even if they lose to spain yeah. as a success right so yeah my question to the football players uh for the past few days were, uh, has been like uh what are you what are you feeling about the world cup about the, your participation because our coach Stanislav Chuchesov, uh told many many times like the goal is to uh pass through the group but in russia we have a saying 
uh, the appetite is getting bigger and bigger <laughs> while you're eating, you know? Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah you like, you like to eat, you know, you, yeah. you like, you know, all this fancy food, so you can understand <laughs> me. Uh, so now they are thinking, of course, about beating Spain. And okay. I can understand them, I can understand them. And I don't think that uh, it can't happen. Of course, it can happen. And all of us, we uh, remember the game against uh, Holland in the European Championship in 2008 when Gus Hiddink, mm -hmm. who works for Fox as well, so he was the coach and you know it was a great game it's maybe it's like my best soccer uh memory of all time mm -hmm. but actually you know I, I i always say in russia uh we 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 got used you know to our team uh like play so bad <laughs> so that is why we have like a backup plan yeah so every time it's like uh What are your, what team do you support at the World Cup? Russia. Okay, okay, of course. But what team do you support uh, when Russia will no longer play? Mm, Germany or Brazil or France. Okay. And for me, it's Mexico. At this tournament, okay. it's Mexico, definitely. It's, you know, I've been, uh, I went to Mexico-Germany game, mm -hmm. one of the best games oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, so I uh, saw Champions League finals with my own eyes. They were great, but nothing, nothing can compare to that game, actually. It was so great, so I really, I really cheer, cheer for Mexican national team. But, you know, I want to emphasize, because I... Uh, Uh, I told you so much about you know the fans yeah. and how do how they you know treat with the with the with the national team what relationships they have but you know I I trust our team I love it and I believe in it mm -hmm. and I know the guys very well and I know that they are trying to do their best you know to beat Spain to pass through the group and the main you know the main thing our fans don't like about our team is that uh you know i i make i'm making this air quotes yeah. right now yeah <laughs> so they don't play with their heart huh. you know with their hearts and and you know the in russia we say their eyes are not burning okay Do you know what i mean um that they're they're not passionate enough yeah yeah yeah. so it's like uh you don't, you can't see the fire in their eyes yeah and i think that at this tournament i can see that fire huh. that burns inside them and it's it's so cool really it's very cool nice i want to ask you about your story a little bit and how you got connected to fox sports but also from what you were telling me earlier in the tournament You took a bit of a risk in in your career. It That's sounds true. like That's to true. to be doing what you're doing now, and you're blowing up. By the way, you just uh. had a big story in the Moscow <laughs> Times. You're in Soccer Bible. You're doing all these things around the world. Thank you. Um, but it's not something that has you know you were you co-hosted the World Cup draw with yeah. Gary Lineker. Um, but best. this hasn't something hasn't been something that's easy to get to. Ah, uh, Gary, like he's the best. <laughs> And uh, I started to work, I think, when I was 17. Mm -hmm. I studied in the Moscow State University, the best and the biggest university in Russia, uh, Faculty of Journalism. And actually, it's not very far from when, where we are sitting here. It's like, uh, it's like maybe one kilometer or okay. something. I can't, uh, I can't say how, much mi how many miles we are from this university away. Yeah, but it's, close. Uh, it's, it's very, very close. And... Uh, But 
I always, you know, I always wanted to work. I because my in my humble opinion, not really humble, but <laughs> in my humble opinion, I know that you say like that. You you say like this, so uh, um, uh, you know, like you can learn. You can learn. Uh, like the best you can learn is not, you know, study at the university or study at the college mm. or something. Uh, you can learn while you're working. Right. Yeah, you're making a lot of mistakes. But remember what Michael Jordan said. Yeah. About uh, failure. And yeah, how many times yeah, you have yeah. Failure like failure, 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 and then you're the best. You know, because you you've tried so hard. And uh, for me, it's like the same. So uh, when I was 17, I tried to uh, work for. Uh, Russian TV channel. It was called uh, Football NTV Plus Football. Okay. So it uh, doesn't exist anymore. It was like a restructurization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's called Match TV channels, like the group of channels. Mm -hmm. And I launched that as well, but we are not talking about that now. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and I wanted to work and I wanted to learn from the people that are working at the industry. Mm -hmm. And it was it was so important for me. I didn't spend a lot of time in the university, but, you know, all the exams, I had like very good marks. Mm -hmm. uh, thank God. <laughs> so everything went great for me. And uh, of course, there was a lot of like chauvinism, you know, she's the girl, what she's doing here. And she doesn't know about soccer. But I, you see, yeah, soccer, football, soccer, football is like a big mixture. You're big pretty mess. good to, very quick to get to the word soccer. I'm impressed. <laughs> I know, I know, because for you, it's soccer. <laughs> still but for me of course it's football the most beautiful game in the world so uh i i saw all these sides mm -hmm. you know from the man who uh surrounded me at the time like not everybody because uh the team i was working with they are like they they were the best and mm -hmm. now they are my friends and we are like sports journalists working in russia we know each other very well mm -hmm. we congratulate uh with all the you know the holidays each other so these people are very important to me and they help me a lot and then you know uh after that like you work for like one year two years three years five years mm -hmm. and um at the beginning i worked like like no money at all but no like like i just i've just i just helped i was like an intern you know mm -hmm. and it was very important for me because it's not about money for me at all it's only about my dreams because mm -hmm. you know my favorite uh my favorite uh expression is like dream big mm -hmm. dream big and everything like everything will be fine nice. and um so yeah i i was working as a reporter for maybe like two years then i quit it because i decided that i wanted more mm -hmm. you know and uh i felt like i was stuck yeah mm -hmm. uh stick stuck stuck yeah you got yeah? it yeah okay thanks <laughs> uh on 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 where i was you mm -hmm. know at the point where i was and like do you know phil knight yeah, oh, yeah famous nike famous founder. yeah nike founder and i really love his book and he said that uh, he wrote in his book that when you're actually uh, being, when you are in in the same place all the time, it's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't mean that you're at the, at that place. It means that you're moving back. Mm. And for me, it's like the same. Mm -hmm. you, you don't, you, if you don't uh, move um, forward, forward yeah. move forward. It means that you're that you move back. 
so I decided to quit and then I hosted my own radio show mm-hmm. so we're like colleagues yeah <laughs> and I love radio you know I love it because uh, you can be like you know loose and relaxed yeah. and it's not it's not like television like I'm a very big fan of what I'm doing about of television but radio is I really enjoy that mm-hmm. so uh, yeah after that I hosted my own radio show uh, uh, the radio station uh, called Radio Sport mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, like the bosses from uh, Russian uh, national sports channel they just called me and asked me uh, whether I wanted to uh, you know to do the same show exactly the same show on this channel Mm -hmm. and it was such a good experience for me but actually I think that I was not ready for that Mm. I was about 20 21 years old, oh, wow. 22 years old. Yeah, I had my own like big, big, big TV show. Yeah. We had like, uh, I had a co-host and like a girl and we were talking with big, big stars like mm-hmm. Roberto Carlos, who, Roberto Carlos, how you say, yeah, <laughs> who was, uh, who played in Russia at the sure. time. Uh, Andrei Kirilenko, a famous Russian basketball sure. player. AK-47. Yeah, 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 that's that's right. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, a very famous uh, hockey. R- hockey player. Yeah, he won a Stanley Cup for a couple of times, I think. Uh, so, like, the real, yeah. real stars. And there was an audience, like 300 people. Oh, wow. And they, like, clapped their hands. Yeah. When, you know, when you have this, you know, like, the table, how do you call that? Like, a banner? Um... On the set when oh when, they tells them to clap yeah 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 of course of course it, that's how it works on nice. television yeah, exactly. you know and there is like a special a special person every time and when he starts to clap right. it means that everybody same everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, it was it was amazing but I wasn't really ready for that mm. and I had like some problems with my co-host uh, because you know she was very tough to uh, me she was older yeah. and she like. It was it was hard, yeah. so I decided to quit, and I uh, had an offer from uh, a Russian channel. Uh, it was called TV Rain, mm-hmm. and that was an amazing time in my life because mm. I uh, I um, was a host of everyday sports show, uh, like twenty minutes or thirty minutes. It depends. It depended, and. Uh, I had no producer. Oh, I wow. had no editor. I had nobody. Wow. But somehow, you know, it worked. Yeah. And I loved it so much uh. because every day you're coming to work and you need to you need to create something, you know? Mm-hmm. You need to create stories. And like my boss, my chef was a very famous Russian journalist. Mm-hmm. Now he's a famous Russian writer and mm-hmm. he's also a TED speaker and now he has a project and he does it uh, with BuzzFeed. What's his name? Uh, Mikhail Zigar. Okay. Uh, and um, how do you call this this book? All the Presidents. All the Presidents Men? All the Presidents Men, yes. Yeah, so he's an author of the book All the President, All the Kremlin's uh, oh. Men. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was translated uh, in English. Uh-huh. So you can like, you, you can see that, yeah, in in, uh, in the stores, in the bookstores in the United States. I respect him a lot. And I think that he was one of the best bosses I've ever had. So I could like, like it's, it was more like a fox, you know, fox, working work with fox. You can learn every day. Because you're surrounded with the people who are so talented, you know, and they know so much about like television, the processes. So it was really important for me. And then, um, so 
you know this uh, this uh, channel uh, then uh, it had some problems with financial issues mm -hmm. and that is why like I decided to quit because they decided to close the sports show because it was not like you know the profile uh, profile direction of the channel and then uh, like some guys found me and they asked me about uh, being an editor-in-chief because okay. I used to write a lot in Russian I mean and I really enjoy that yeah. a lot you know I, I'm just I was born to be a journalist I don't know why but I feel like I was born <laughs> and uh, please don't think that I'm mean I'm not <laughs> no, mean no, at no, all no, no. but you know I, I just love it so much so and I, I remember our first meeting and they asked me about like uh, so um, what do you think about like creating a site about healthy living and I was like nobody nobody cares nobody wants it nobody needs it mm -hmm. like people who uh trains they trains without like our help they don't need help and then like in two weeks i had a call from them and they asked me to be the editor-in-chief of that you oh know? wow i think that they liked my attitude you know yeah. about that and being so you know so sarcastic and all this <laughs> stuff so we created uh, a site a website it's called thechallenger.com okay it's about healthy living and actually it has like two million visitors oh, wow. every month right now yeah so it's pretty famous and i'm very proud of it uh it's like my child i i'm not involved uh into like the production anymore for 100 percent mm -hmm. uh but it's still you know I, th I feel like part of you yeah 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 it's it's a very big part of me and then uh like maybe like one maybe one year later i had a call from uh from uh, natalia bilan uh she was uh the one of uh, she was one of the ones <laughs> mm -hmm. who decided to create who was in charge of uh, creating the much tv cha much tv channel and just like two years before the world cup mm -hmm. Um, it was decided to create a sports channel in Russia, yeah? And um, so they, ca they called me, and uh, then we made... Uh, we we we, tr we started to to think about it we launched that and uh, i hosted two programs two tv shows mm -hmm. one about healthy living mm -hmm. and the second one about sports and mm -hmm. of course i love the <laughs> second one about sports <laughs> so uh, i was very happy to work there but then i had uh, i had an offer from david neal who is the executive producer of all this world cup star on fox of mm -hmm. cup on on staff world cup staff on Fox yeah. and uh, I remember that our first meeting it was here so it's a very important place for me like sacral place you know mm -hmm. so uh, he um, he I don't know. We just had one meeting uh, to summer 2016, and I think that he said like, "Oh, you're 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 fine. You're fine." Uh, and then we uh, we saw each other maybe like two or three times mm -hmm. uh, when he was in Moscow, and I met some uh, of the team, some people from the team, also like Jennifer Pransky, who works for Fox Sports, and he does she does a lot of features. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they just sent me like a contract. And, of course, I decided to sign it because, again, it's not about money at all. It's only about dreams. Mm -hmm. And I like being challenged, you know. Yeah. Because, again, when you're not moving, you're moving <laughs> back. So uh, I asked my, my bosses at Match TV Channel whether I can or cannot 
uh, work for free weeks weeks for for Fox, and then I can come back. Mm-hmm. But they told me no, 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 and they were like, no, you can't. So sorry, just work for us. And I was no. Hmm. So I just. I just decided to like go with the flow. I called David and I told huh. him that I'm in. I'm totally, I'm down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I left t- t- Match TV channel. And of course, like a lot of people, including my friends, they asked me, like, what are you doing, Maria? Are you sure? <laughs> like, this are only free wigs. This is only free wigs, like two and a half. And this is your life. Like like everything, your life, you host like three or uh, four times a week, you host everyday show and it's very important for you. And what are you doing? But I was like, no, I, I want to hmm. try that. And I've never, uh, I've never like uh, studied, like learned English language professionally. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never lived anywhere except Russia. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a very, very, very big challenge to work in a different language. Sure. And I just don't know. I like that. We had a pretty tough schedule last year, but you know, the atmosphere in the team was so great. Like we slept like three hours every day. Oh, Confederations Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Confederations Cup. We had no time at all. Right. Like every day, new game. You need to prepare. You need to fly. And I was so happy. It's maybe one like my, my like one of my best times yeah. in in life so i knew at that time i understood that it was a right choice and then i didn't know what was going to happen in my life and i was after the comfort cup i was really upset mm. because i was like i was sitting at home and i was like like nobody like nobody called me and what i'm going to do yeah. but it was only a summer time like huh. like yeah so people just decided to have a break and then when uh, when like September started everything just changed you know like a bunch of calls like event 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 like hmm. Russian Channel 1 decided to work with me again uh, so I went to my first Olympics in 2010 mm-hmm. I was only 21 years old wow. and yeah there was it was my favorite uh, my, my first Olympics and then uh, this year Pyeongchang Winter Olympics again I worked for Russian Channel 1 and all these friendly games that we had Russian Channel 1 and I had this crazy crazy project with Mercedes-Benz uh, I'm an ambassador of this company and uh, in Russia and I like drove across America Latina South America from uh, north to south in two weeks in I January. remember following that on is, it the, is that where the Paris Dakar rally is yeah. now it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's in, in South America it's right? in South America yeah because it was too dangerous to have it in Africa yeah mm-hmm. for, the, for the pilots so they decided to move that and it was like a perfect decision so from Lima to Buenos Aires Lima Peru to Buenos Aires yeah. Argentina in just two weeks it was amazing wow. it was so amazing and then I hosted the World Cup draw and I know that without this experience nobody would ever call me from FIFA you mm-hmm. know because it was very important for them to know that I'm able to speak English in, uh, like on the air you know uh, so everything has been so great, you know. Like like Russian, I should do like this: tfu tfu tfu, bam 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 bam. You know, yeah. <laughs> knock <Yeah>. on wood. <laughs> yeah, knock. You have the same. Knock on wood in America. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, an amazing story, and, and it's a really cool story, I think, in terms of taking a risk and betting on yourself. Um, and I would, I can only imagine what the size of the audience was when you did the World Cup draw 
Like, Bayland. I, it, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy number of people who were watching you during that. And it's, I just think, a really cool thing. But, um, Thank you. But it's only the beginning. I believe that it's only the beginning <laughs> of my journey. <laughs> I'm 29. No, and that's, that's great. That's the best way to look at it. But, um, Thank you so much for taking you some time so much, to talk to me for the podcast. And I look forward to whatever adventures you do next. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football World Cup Daily Podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Strauss and Maria Kamanaya, as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the cause if you do. And we'll see you tomorrow. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.